Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 221. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have another guest, Sam Leader. Hello, everyone. It's my first podcast. And I appreciate you trusting me with such a responsibility. Today, we're going to be talking about a phrase that I find somewhat nebulous and is a compliment I've heard used, especially in recent years, you'll go far. Something I've always wondered about because it seems so nebulous and yet so certain in the minds and tones of people who use it. And I suspect the conversation may deviate at times from the specific phrasing, but immediately in my mind, when I'd heard it most recently and wrote it down as a potential podcast topic, I was thinking about how it might be used in lieu of more specific compliments because we don't always talk as a society about the dreams of other people. So Sam, if I'm talking to you and don't know what you want to achieve in life, but sense that you have the ambition or skill set to do so, I can't say, oh, you're going to make a great salesperson or librarian or astronaut someday because I don't know your specific dreams because most of us don't tend to discuss. But to me, you'll go far feels like a catch all. And also, as you had mentioned in discussion of some of your notes prior to recording, I think it says a lot that our intimation of success is tied with this idea of distance, with going far. But these are just some of my thoughts, and I'd love to hear some of yours getting into this. Yeah, I think it's interesting how it's this vague and kind of almost all-encompassing compliment because you don't know exactly what someone wants to pursue, and it's a way to compliment them, but not to get into very specific details. And then on the topic of distance, who is measuring this distance? What is it being measured by? Is it inches? Is it from where you began somehow to you climbing up a social hierarchy in a company? Is it you moving away from where you once grew up? That you have to go beyond that. You have to push past the people who were part of your upbringing, the community that helped raise you to find success. Why can't you find success in the place in which you were raised, in which you were born, in which you became the person that you are? Or do you have to go beyond that to find out who you are? Immediately what comes to mind in hearing that description is the hero's journey or any number of fables or pieces of fiction, and of course nonfiction as well, that I've come across in my life that depict someone going out alone, like you said, beyond their community. And it is something that upon reflection strikes me as odd because it's not only that we're social creatures, a very overused description of humanity, but that we do live or die amongst other people. I think we thrive or absolutely wallow and perish because of our relationships and our bonds. The phrase you'll go far is very much a statement about the individual as separated from, like you said, their community or their group, And I think it speaks, especially in an American lens, to how we view success. Ideas of wealth, often as accumulated by an individual or a family lineage rather than a community, a state, or even our entire nation. Though on occasion we do describe the U.S. as wealthy, to me there's distance there as well. I think some people might talk about wealth as a goal, but others might describe it as distance from poverty. If you reach zero, that's a problem. And I think for many people, wealth accumulation, perhaps even out of fear, is a means of going far from an end result of poverty that so many of us, reasonably so, are concerned by. And so in that sense, I almost wonder if you'll go far operates more like a prayer than a compliment. I hope that you travel a great distance, person X or Y, because that, as you said, would be a marker of success. 
But I really think it's a problematic phrasing and that success shouldn't only be viewed in the lens of distance traveled. I would ask people, are you traveling with others? Are you enjoying your travels? Are you traveling to places that have never been traveled to before? Or are you following a well-trodden path, however distant your goal might be? And is the you implying that no one else is coming with you on that journey? Or is it a personal journey that only you can kind of go through? Regardless of if you have a companion or not, it's where you begin and what you do on this journey and how you end up. But this idea that it's you, how far you will go, people in your community are distancing themselves from that process and that you must go alone, this alienation and isolation through the process. Is that also kind of a reflection of this American dream? Like you can attain success, you can do it, but this idea that you must defy some sort of odds, your social circumstances, whatever that might be. Then I also, I really like your point about this idea of the distance. So the distance in terms of measuring poverty from zero to $1 billion, whatever that might be, and how can that be applied to different aspects of life? I really like your point about people not asking about the journey itself. Are you enjoying the journey? Are you finding fulfillment through that? How far you'll go? It's not how fulfilled did you feel by the end of it? What meaning did you construct through that journey itself? It's just this focus on the point A to point B, but not the distance between. It's just the end goal. And what does that say about success? Getting from point A to point B, it's not what you learn between the two points. It's not the people that you meet. It's not what you realize about yourself. It's just success is measured by where you end and where you begin, but not everything that you've learned in between. And in this mathematically reductive vision of success that someone goes from point A to point B, you're absolutely right that a great deal is left out. I would further assert that really important human attributes are left out. If you're telling someone you'll go far, what about them leads you to believe that they will have this very vague and amorphous success at some point in the future? Is that included in your compliment? Because when I've heard it, it's often been in reaction to something I've said or done that someone has said, you'll go far. And my immediate impulse there is to ask, what about me makes you think that's the case? Do you not think I might change or alter my principles at some point in the next X number of years? It's arguably overanalysis on my part, and I appreciate you indulging me in it, but this phrase really does drudge up a lot of questions for me. When you are talking, another question that comes to mind is, will this person come back? When you go far, when you achieve this success, are you bringing any of that to the community or the place that brought you up, your origin point? Are you going far to never return? I think there is something valuable about restitching or returning to places you've been, especially because once you've gone far, there's the implication that you've changed, that you've gained something. And one of my favorite experiences, if I can call it that, in life has been to go somewhere and experience something and return, either with new people or new perspectives, because I can see the same object or place through new eyes. And that's not exclusive to me. I think that's a human phenomenon and one that requires a return. But again, in the context of the American dream and perhaps a cultural attitude shared around the world, there is this idea that progress or success, a word we've used a lot, demands movement beyond, and I would say a sacrifice or abandonment of the old. And that's a philosophy that I don't entirely agree with. I have my issues with tradition, but I don't think progress should always come at the cost of it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, on the topic of progress and moving forward, this idea that you can't return and taking steps back would just be going backwards in time, going backwards in terms of attaining your success. 
And this idea of forward just being equivalent to more success, more learning, more growth with this new perspective that you gain by going far, by venturing out, I feel like you have a choice. And in some ways, a way to make it kind of black and white, which of course, I think it's more gray, but kind of being selfish and taking this new perspective and doing with it what you would like. It's this moral conflict in some sense. Do you prioritize yourself and your ambition? Do you go farther and farther and farther to ultimate success that never quite ends and you're chasing the stream? Or do you go backwards? And what do you sacrifice when you go backwards? Do you pause your own journey? Do you pause your own success? Or by sharing it with others, does that make you more successful? Does sharing it and spreading it, giving advice, giving wisdom, giving information to others make you and your community and those around you richer and more successful innately? Or does it just take away from your own ambition? I really like that question because it brings up sharing in relationship to ambition in a way that I don't think we often dissect as a culture. And I don't know that the philosophy of true sharing, of giving to others, of spreading evenly, can exist in a competitive philosophy, and one that I often see adopted in, again, an American context, where I don't think we're all battling with one another daily, but as a nation, I do see far more competitive ideology and language than I see cooperative language. And so yours is a crucial point because with ambition and having achieved a great deal or learned a great deal that contributed to someone's success, I think there are a lot of people out there who might believe that if you share what made you successful and therefore lift other people up, by comparison, your success is less impressive. To come back to the very distance-based language in this phrase, you'll go far, if I ran three miles ahead of everyone else I grew up with and ever knew, and then I taught others how to run as fast and, of course, as far as I did, my distance pales by comparison now. I might be a few feet, inches, or even on par with my peers, and I see a really destructive mentality in that, that your success needs to be greater than other people's to earn you happiness or a feeling of fulfillment. In my observation, it never really quells that hunger, and you'll always be seeking someone to dominate or be better than. I'm not saying this phrase, you'll go far, is that inherently malicious or competitive, but I do think it emerges as a phrase that is very tied to a competitive culture. In terms of that distance, in terms of you winning that race and other people being farther behind and you making a choice to go backwards or to keep moving forwards, why are those people so far behind you? And that connects, I think, so well to this idea of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. What about the people that are starting the race and don't even have shoelaces, let alone shoes or whatever it might be? And so choosing when you are in a position of power, when you are in a position of privilege, of that of success, to go backwards, to give back to those who need that extra support, it's that moral obligation. But you can also look at it on the flip coin, this idea of cooperation versus competition. Our society is so based off of competition. We're a meritocracy. So it's you work hard, you reap the benefits. So to say you'll go far implies, yeah, you'll go far. You'll go farther than those in other social circumstances. You'll go farther than those from your own community. But at what cost? What are you leaving behind? What do you have to sacrifice in terms of your own humanity? And do you even question it? Because you can go the distance and never look behind and see those running farther behind you, see those walking, see those that have stopped. As we've continued to use the term, I really think community and the idea of our relationships and connections is valuable in this conversation because there is a philosophical schism between the self and the group, between me and everyone else. 
I'm reminded of the phrase, show me your friends and I'll show you your fate, which feels like the cooperative or group-based alternative to you'll go far. One is very rooted in the individual, almost laughably isolated from their social context, and the other asserts, I think correctly, that the people we know, the lessons they share with us, the fruits of those relationships, dictate a great deal of how we'll turn out in life. As you and I were preparing to record, I mentioned to you that a recent recording I had done was on the film Batman Begins, this depiction of a single superhero. And what I find interesting, even if listeners do not follow comic books or comic book movies, is that increasingly in some of these films, I'm reminded of the Avengers franchise, superheroes don't operate independently, they form a team. And while the visual spectacle might appeal to some viewers, on a philosophical level, I think great statements are made in films like that. That whether superheroic and powered by mystical energies or distinctly human, there's a lot to be gained in teamwork, which is of course a point made in many of our childhoods that I don't want to beat to death, but to me this phrase, this compliment, operates so distinctly against that and implies the opposite almost that other people will hold you back or in some ways require maintenance. And sure, relationships are not always ideal, but I think they help us achieve greater distances than many of us could otherwise achieve alone. It does make me think about the hero's journey, and I think about the movie Moana in particular, because it does have a female protagonist, and she does venture out of her community. I think there's a song in there that is labeled, You'll Go Far, whatever it might be. But this idea that she doesn't actually travel alone, she does have a companion. So whether you're fighting in a team like the superheroes, or whether you have some mystical being, whatever it might be, in a lot of these stories, there is a sidekick, but they are a side character. It's the hero's journey, and they're just kind of on the side to help the hero. It's less of a completely equal partnership and more of I'm here to support you rather than we're here to support each other in a full sense. And I keep thinking back to a note that I made about the distance in which someone is traveling or going, whether it's measured by themselves or by societal expectations. So this idea of I have gotten the promotion and now I'm at this level in the company. And a few years later, I get another promotion. I get farther in the company. When is enough enough? Is it you saying to yourself, okay, wow, I've achieved a lot. This is what I personally hoped in terms of my career goals. Or is it as far as the ladder goes? Is it as high as the CEO's position? Whether it's in relationships, whether you think to yourself, well, I've done this, this, and this. I feel loved and I feel supported and I feel like I have a great base of friends. When is enough enough? And do you make that call or does society give you that call via the media, via all of these stories that we're told from the moment we're born that mother culture whispers to us? Is it your peers who decide? Is it your parents who decide? Who is making that call or who affects it? All of which is so brilliantly said because in this very specific phrase, the person who decides your metric of success is the speaker, not the recipient of the compliment. I'm not asking you how far do you think you'll go or what does your metric of success look like, which to me personally would be a great question. I'm telling you there will be a measurement of your success, even though it's vague and I'm not telling you what it is, but trust me, it's out there and you're going to achieve it, which is such a circular and almost nothing statement. At the end of the day, I think you'll go far means virtually nothing because the distance traveled could mean anything to any number of people. 
And I also think, as relationships remain a theme in this topic for me, the things we cannot measure, at least quantifiably, are in my mind some of the best measurements of success and fulfillment. I think I might prefer the latter term. A lot of us dream of falling in love, perhaps motivated by the media we watch and the stories we hear. And I think for those same people who hope to fall in love, they measure or expect what it would look like based in the depictions they see. Their measurement is often an unrealistic and edited standard. Similarly, a lot of us would dream to have friends and fulfilling relationships. But you cannot, in a reductive or simple sense, measure what fulfilling friendships look like. I would argue you'll feel it, and between two people, you'll know when a friendship is fulfilling. But you can't quantify it in the same way that you can quantify the number of cars or properties you might own, the number of promotions you've received, and perhaps for many people, the number of years or decades you've been in an industry. And I don't say any of this to disparage people who have those metrics, but I'm really glad that you ask these questions because they're invaluable and I would argue really essential in defining success something that should not be monolithic, and something that I think should have diverse definitions for each of us, especially those that may be conditional and change as we grow up. We might approach the distant star of success only to realize this isn't quite the celestial body I was aiming for, and we recalibrate and change course. I think you'll go far almost implies a singular destination, and I'd be really curious to hear what our audience ultimately thinks of that as well as yourself. Do you think the phrase and the culture from which it originates expects a singular destination of success? Can it account for multiple bullet points along the way or even a circuitous and flexible route? And when you can't measure success concretely, whether it's more of the abstract relationship idea that we were talking about before, if there's no singular destination, can you ever really be satisfied? And do you just keep having this hunger within you? Is it just fueled by this desire to achieve this distance? But when do you know when to stop if there's no finish line that's right in front of you? Do you judge that again? Or is it people around you? Is it the people that are whispering in your ear, whether it's culture or whether it's your parents, whether it's peers? When you don't have something to specifically tell you you've reached the end, this is it. When do you choose to stop and say enough is enough or I'm happy with what I've learned and I'm ultimately satisfied? Because success in itself isn't a concrete definition. It can be interpreted in so many different ways, by so many different people, by so many different cultures. And I also think with the phrasing of a finish line, we are so impatient as a culture, at least in my observation these days. And that's exacerbated, I fear, by a world in which we have countless options. And in the realm of success, I think oftentimes success requires trudging through the difficult times, being decidedly patient and allowing a story or an experience to play out. That's not a hard and fast rule, but I also wonder in our phrasing of finish lines, if there are some people who are so anxious to get to the finish line, not only that they don't appreciate the journey, but that they're trying to sculpt a certain journey along the way. And it's long been my belief that life is what happens to you and how you react to it. It's not about scripting or sculpting in a finite way. And I also think, in terms of the finish line again, you can only really appreciate your journey and what it means, or what success it indicates, after you've completed the journey. So to those impatient to actually finish it, I don't know if you're going to be able to look back and really enjoy or appreciate how far you've gone, to refer back to this phrase, because I think that distance traveled won't truly make sense until you've finished it. 
And imagine if the phrase were, you'll go far and then turn back and see what you've learned, or you'll go far and look back and see where you've come, something along those lines. I agree with you when you say that you'll go far seems kind of like a hollow, superficial, very broad and vague idea. Whereas if you just add a little bit onto the end of it, it could make so much more meaning and it wouldn't just be about this finish line. It would be about the journey and also the finish line, but also what you've learned and what you've discovered and who you've become through the race itself. That was very well said. And before we conclude this episode, what would you like our audience to consider or reflect upon after listening to our conversation? I would ask you to consider where are you going to, how far have you traveled, when will you know when to stop, and will you choose to look back? I really like those, especially your second remark, because this encouragement or compliment doesn't really consider distance that's already been traveled. And one could deduce, in any context that this is being said, that the recipient is already a language speaker, so they've probably experienced a lot of the world, and it's also presumed that they will understand on some level the meaning behind this compliment. So they're probably a semi-developed human being, as I think is true of everyone on the planet, and they've probably traveled some distance already. I would love to know if there are listeners, as I'm particularly critical of the phrase, who've heard this compliment and felt rejuvenated or particularly encouraged to travel towards a particular goal or principle. I don't think ours is the only way of viewing this idea, topic, or phrase, and I'd love to hear alternative perspectives. And Sam, for lending your time, thoughts, and eloquence, you have my gratitude. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. But as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are only two voices, and I'm pretty confident many people have heard this phrase before, so we'd really love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon, where in exchange for your support, you'll receive exclusive perks like bonus episodes. And as always, we thank you very much for listening, and from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark, signing off.